You're listening to Different Things Can Be Sad. Welcome to Different Things Can Be Sad, where it's cool to care about politics and pop culture. I'm Yasmin Lomax. And I'm Micah Hunt. And we are the hosts of this monthly politics and pop culture podcast, which is going to have a different spin this episode because it's the mm-hmm. very, very last episode of the uh, dumpster fire that has been 2020. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yes, we um decided that we would deviate a little from our regular structure because I think we just need to give ourselves a little joy and... Um, Mm -hmm. really, you know, finish what has been a pretty awful year with some kind of a positive note. Um, And in this case, we have decided that we would have a cocktails and awards night. So a little BTCBS (laughs) party, if you will, a little New Year's Mm -hmm. event. So yeah, we have decided to uh, start the night with a cocktail themed around our area of expertise. Mm -hmm. So, Micah, would you like to tell us about your politics cocktail of the night? I made a Tom Collins, which, for those of you who don't know, is a gin, lemon, club soda concoction. But I made it with seaside gin, Mm. which is like gin made with seaweed. But I thought it, like, symbolized the kind of rocky political times this year has been, like on the ocean I love that. um and I then yes lemon being quite sour because this year has been a bit sour but then it has some honey in it because there have been some sweet moments in this year of politics what has been your sweetest mm-hmm. moment not of politics of your personal life of 2020 we'll get to um, the politics soon kids <laughs> um sweetest moment i definitely think that because of like the way that life has been i think have like friendships have definitely i've known they're always important but i think like they've crystallized in my life of like what i want i think also like if anything 2020 has been a crystallizing year of like what we want in life at least what i want in life which i think has been really nice Wow, that is very, very sage of you, which I don't believe mm-hmm. is an ingredient in that cocktail. So we'll have to think of a different spin for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have um, decided to go with a Moscow Mule, um, which is nice. just some ginger beer. And um, why am I blanking on what alcohol is in this? It's because I didn't make it. Um, but <laughs> it, it's a drink. Um, you've had it before, and they traditionally come in mm-hmm. i'm sure you can hear some asmr for you guys can you hear the ice yeah i have i have mine as well the ice is clanking in the traditional um kind of like gold muggy thing that you eat i think it's like a brass mug sure technically. sure yeah i'm not sure why i called it muggy thing a mug um that you <laughs> drink then in and i chose uh this one because a book that many people have spoken about this year, which I guess makes it a pop culture thing, but not really. I don't know. I'm cheating a little bit here. Uh, is a gentleman in Moscow, which I'm actually holding in my hand right now that you cannot nice. see because this is an audio <laughs> format. Um, but that's a book. And also because it is on the record as Oprah's favorite uh, cocktail. So Nice. And I feel like 
And remember when Stanley Tucci was making cocktails? He definitely made, I believe, I f- a Negroni. But yes, he might have made a Moscow Mule, though. I think we can rewrite history a little bit. So Stanley Tucci, yeah, yeah, that was a (laughs) pop culture moment. Could have gone with like, I don't know, what are some other celebrity? There's like Shirley. I was thinking you were gonna do like some strawberry thing to represent the strawberry dress. Strawberry dress that would have been that would have been a good one. I did look up a very interesting Florence and the Machine themed cocktail, but. It involved like flower petals and like rose juice and stuff, um, and I did not have that on hand. So we're not making unnecessary step trips to the store right now. No, 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 no. So I am just going with my Moscow Mule, which I don't think I would describe as sweet. I have terrible taste buds, so maybe it is. But uh, it, ginger beer is kind of sweet. Sure. Um, so I guess my kind of sweet moment of the year <laughs> would be. Um, I'd say one would definitely be learning how to crochet. I had nice. a period of quarantine and I learned how to crochet and I'm now working on a sweater and that feels very fulfilling. I feel like I could just move out to the wilderness and like sustain myself. I could just make my own clothes, mm-hmm. churn my own butter. I'm pretty confident I can do it now. So that would definitely be one. But I think kind of as you said, growing closer with um, certain friends has been really really nice um i think people have been super thoughtful this year um just super super kind and i've really appreciated that and then also getting my visa situation sorted out despite a global pandemic was a that is for sure a a big relief and definitely a sweet spot of the year so we'll do a little cheers to those micah you can hear our glasses chink behind the screen one day refreshing sip we will we will we will have refreshing sips in bars oh yeah one of my high like sweet memories of 2020 was definitely a pre uh, what we conceive of as 2020 now like an early march sitting in bars i like cherish those memories so much yeah Hmm? when i look back on all the pictures i'm not sure why i was never wearing a coat um yes that was it it was very cold i own coats i actually calculated recently that i bought at least seven last winter and i'm not sure why i was just always wearing like a light jacket as if it was april 25th or something Mm -mm. oh silly 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 but what is not silly is the serious business of awards um awards kind of got to happen this year pretty much before corona but uh we're gonna make our own awards event uh the different things can be sad 2020 extravaganza is the name i'm giving to it basically we've decided that this episode instead of rounding up our favorite reading watching and listening um items of the month and instead of recapping some pretty seminal politics and pop culture moments we are instead going to each present nominations for our favorite of these moments or the most influential of mm-hmm. the moments for the whole year and then announce a winner and that one will be crowned the DTCBS winner of its specific category. I feel like I yes. overcomplicated that explanation a little bit, but basically mm-hmm. no this month thing, yes, the whole year thing. The whole year. Yes. Yes. So with that uh, very smooth explanation, I'm going to do a smooth segue into uh, the actual 
awards. So our first category is reading. And I was wondering, Micah, if you would like to present your reading items. I should also just specify that we've tried our best to pick 2020 um, options for these, but it has been harder in some categories. Yes, I realized that I read almost half, more than half the books I read in 2020 were 2019 releases. So next year I'll have read all the 2020 books. I feel like reading, um, like books just have a different kind of cycle. It's, I think you have to be a little bit more on the ball than your your average bear to be getting 2020 things this year. And all like the recap, obviously the 2020 recaps come out like at the end of the year. So Definitely in some December procrastination, I have gone through all of the top lists of books Mm -hmm. that people have made and have added many things to my TBR. But my nominations for best 2020 released that I have read. Um, First, one book I did not talk about on the podcast, One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. The Pitch, What If the Bachelorette Was a Plus-Size Body Positive Influencer? Basically, a sweet book. Yes, it's beautiful. A sweet, fun book. Um, Perfect for anyone who likes The Bachelorette, but also has really interesting commentary about sizeism in society and who deserves love. Um, Also, there is a hot French guy. Yes! We will also be mentioning hot French guys later on, so stay tuned, guys. If you want more hot Mm -hmm. French guys, keep your ears on the pod. All right, what's book number two? Um... A book I talked about last month, Nobody Will Tell You This But but Me by Bess Kalb. It's her first book, and it's an intergenerational nonfiction story about her family that focuses specifically on the relationships between mothers and daughters. Um, You listened last month to hear more about that. Uh, My final nomination is A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green, which is the sequel to his science fiction novel about... um, statues that appear in the middle of New York and around the world and the fallout from that and was like intensely relevant for our coronavirus times. Very true. Very true. That is why that one has also made an appearance on my list of uh, three nominated books. I just thought it was very modern in its format and in its voice, very sharp, and then definitely pointed at current issues in a really smart way. I also have on there Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is a memoir and a call to action by Glennon Doyle, who is a former Christian family blogger who finally learned how to listen to the voice inside and create her best, most true life. Um, I really liked it because it was very raw, honest, actually concise. I sometimes find a lot of memoirs are very rambly, but because this book mm-hmm. is sort of a collection of very, very short essays, it was super easy to chew through and it was also super informative without being preachy i got a lot of life lessons out of it without really feeling like i was being given life lessons so i love that a lot i feel like this was on like everyone's list of things they read in 2020 yeah the cover is just so beautiful that like i was already like oh i should get that because of the cover and then it was extremely highly recommended by close friends so uh, and by that i mean reese with spoon no, I don't. It was my <laughs> <laughs> um, The second book is one that I've actually started a fun little chant uh, about. It is called Beach Read by Emily Henry. And I'm quite taken to anytime I see it mentioned in an article or see it in a store, I'll just go, Beach Read, Beach Read, Beach Read. Um, because it's great. <laughs> it's so great. It's about two Michigan writers who swap genres over one summer. And spoiler alert, but like not really, they fall in love. 
Uh, it's an adorable, self-aware, and fresh take on the romance genre. And Micah, I believe you're starting it soon, so I hope you will absolutely love it. Yes. Maybe even post-recording this podcast. That's exciting. That's exciting. So with those nominations, we had Want to Watch by Kate Stamen London, Nobody Will Tell You This But Me by Bess Cobb, A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and Beach Read by Emily Henry. We've decided on one winner. Micah, would you like to unfold the metaphorical? Yes, I'm, I'm opening the ballot now. It um, says, we decided. Manzine. <laughs> <laughs> it says La La Land. Actually, we decided that A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green is definitely our top book of the year. Yay! This is this is such a great, such a great book. I. I'm excited mm. to read this again. It's just so huge, and there's two of them that I have, you know, not yet done it, but that will definitely be one I'll be reading again very soon. Alrighty. So, on to watching. Micah, what are your TV <laughs> recommendations? I should specify that uh, for this category, we've actually split it into two categories. We have TV and we have movies. Mm-hmm. We consumed many watchable things this year. Um, much my screen, first... much screen. So, yes, what is your small screen oh, things? So much screen. Um, the first nomination is Schitt's Creek, specifically the final season. Um, this is the show that got me and many people through quarantine. Um, if you have lived under a rock, Schitt's Creek is about the Rose family who lose their fortune and are forced to move to a small town that they bought as a joke. This sounds not very enjoyable. It is, in fact extremely enjoyable has some of the best gay representation on tv in movies ever um and it's just adorable and wonderful um next i have the great which is a liberal retelling of the rise to power of catherine Catherine the great of russia it has good music great acting and outrageous courtroom behavior um it is like Bridgerton, which just start came out on Netflix, which is my next thing to watch. Never mind. Um, yes, I feel like it's in the same genre. Um, and finally, a show that I watched pre-COVID, so I forgot about it, but then was reminded about it on Twitter today, um, is Sex Education, specifically the second season. So season one, we see Otis um, start to do a sex advice business um, using all the things he's learned from his mom, who is an actual sex therapist. And this show continues that and has it's it's fun but it has a huge amount of heart it has one of the best like women helping women scenes in tv that i've seen this year and it's just beautiful and would highly recommend i still need to get on that i will maybe 2021 will be my sex education mm-hmm. year but for me 2020 was all about three shows i had a uh, high fidelity which is the latest iteration of Nick Hornby's book starring Zoe Kravitz as Rog, a Brooklyn record store owner navigating heartbreak. It was funny, it was cool, it was relatable, and it was an absolute travesty that it has been canceled. Uh, Please don't talk to me about it. I'm still very, very upset. Another adaptation, my second choice is Normal People. Uh, This was the adaptation of Sally Rooney's book of the same name that follows two Irish teenagers through high school and college as they figure out who they are and how if at all they can be together i really like this adaptation because it had the very same spirit as the book it was moody it was sexy it was very real and 
really great acting in it, um, particularly by Paul Mezcal, who played Connell, and I think it's going to be a big, big star. I also loved, in a very different way, Selling Sunset. Uh, this is a show about super glam real estate agents selling multi-million dollar mansions in Los Angeles and having tons of drama. And really the savior in that show, the person who just says what the audience is thinking, is a sexy French man named Romain. So thank you, Romain. <laughs> uh, the third season of that show came out this year and it was a ton of fun. It was really dramatic, really juicy and a great guilty pleasure. Nice. I feel like that encapsulates all of the reality TV that like really defined 2020. Yes. Like, uh, what was that? What was the one? It was Love is Blind. There was, I mean, Tiger King, which is obviously a different genre. Yeah, but I feel but... like reality TV like culturally defining this year. And it really like stepped up a new level in like ridiculousness, which I yes. think we needed this year. Yeah. Um, so we did have a winner uh, out of those ones. We have decided that our favorite show of the year is the final season of Schitt's Creek because of course it had to be. That was just gorgeous. What a beautiful, beautiful just, show. It was amazing. Perfect. Perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies. How about the movies, Micah? What did you see in theaters, I'm sure, throughout the whole <laughs> year? I think I went to the cinema like twice in 2020. I went to the, I also think I went twice or something like that, but my first pick I actually saw in theaters. It is Emma, which is a fantastic adaptation of the classic Jane Austen novel. If you don't know what Emma's about, Emma is a precocious upper class woman who loves nothing more than meddling in the romantic lives of those around her while attempting to sidestep love for herself. Yeah, so if you see Clueless, you know Emma. Yeah. You do. Um, Emma, just the new one. It's great. Um, my second nomination in a, I guess, similar romantic vein, but did not see this in theaters, um, is Palm Springs, which is a Groundhog, Groundhog's Day style movie about two people who are stuck in a time loop attending a wedding in Palm Springs. Um, it's just a very sweet, fun twist on the genre. Um, and it's great. Uh, my last recommendation, top pick of 2020 movies, is Boys State. So Boys State is a documentary following the Texas Boys State, which is an annual event in which a select group of teenage boys get to pretend to form government in the state capitol buildings. It so encapsulates, I think, some of the political ethos of the last four years Um, And some of the characters are so lovable. Some of them are so easy to hate. And the character is real people. And it's just fantastic. Agreed. I like that one a lot. Uh, I also liked Holiday, which stars Emma Roberts and an Australian man whose name I, for some reason, cannot be bothered to look up. Um, (laughs) And they agreed to be each other's holiday time dates for a year. And again, spoiler alert, but not really, because who are we kidding? They fall in love. Um, it's sillier and raunchier than your regular Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. It feels like one that was probably meant to be in, in theaters around this time of year and got up to Netflix. I don't know. It feels like that, though. And it does have some really, really funny moments. It's, like, not fantastic, but I had a really fun time watching it, and I watched it twice, mm-hmm. so that's why I made this list. 
Another very silly and very fun movie is Eurovision, which saw uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams star as an Icelandic pop duo who dream of entering the Eurovision Song Contest. It is as fun and ridiculous as the real Eurovision Song Contest, and it has excellent Icelandic elf jokes. Very nice. And then finally, um, in a very different vein, and a movie that I watched <laughs> about two nights ago, First Cow, which has um, a very slow burn feel to it. It's about two travelers in the 1820s Northwest who cook up a scheme to strike it rich, um, but that scheme involves a little crime and the first cow that has been brought to that territory. As I said, pretty slow, but it's really, really big-hearted. And for someone who does not like watching historical stuff, like, like I, I really anything kind of mm-hmm. pre, I don't know, even The Great Gatsby. I'm like, eh, it's just not my thing. I'm really more of like a modern uh, <laughs> kind of person. So. Yeah, I, I was surprised by how much I really, really like this. It's just a very, very human um, story. So I would recommend it. But, Micah, what is our ultimate recommendation for movies in 2020? We've decided on the very 2020 movie that is Boy's Day. Yeah! This is for you, Stephen Garza. He's our hero. We love you, Stephen. Love you, Stephen. Ah, he's wonderful. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched it yet. Please, please go let Stephen become your hero for the year. He is the best. Yes, it is worth whatever money you have to spend on one month of Apple TV or whatever the hell it is. For sure. Yeah. So listening is another category we've broken into two. We have music and podcasts. Micah, do you want to start us off with your favorite? We've gone with albums of the year. Yes. Yes. Um, So... One of my favorite albums of the year is Woman in Music Part 3 by Haim. This album was supposed to come out at the middle, like in the middle of March, and they were doing this big tour. It got delayed until like June, July-ish. But when it came out, it was fantastic. It's definitely, I personally think, their best album. It's topped a lot of people's best rock albums of the year list. It's fantastic. If you haven't listened to Haim, I think this is a great intro album. Um second top album of the year is I Feel Alive by Tops. This one is so good. Also so bittersweet because it was the concert I was supposed to go to. But then it was the life. concert I was supposed to go to with your boyfriend. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I know. They were, same tour. I was going to go like two days before you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very sad. And then finally um the Loves of Our Life, um, sorry, I can't talk, The Loves of Your Life by Hamilton Lighthouser, which Yaz got me into and has just been a wonderful, he's great. Um, it's been a wonderful, like, chill album to listen to when I need soulful company while I, I study. Totally agree. It is on my top three of the year as well, along with Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. And I cheated a little and I've said both Folklore Mm. and Evermore by Taylor Swift. Um, Really because all of these are really great music to work to, um, which I've needed while work from homing this year. Mm -hmm. And all of them have a lot of heart and honesty, which I think we've all had to um, face and want this year. So 
three yeah. and four kind of fantastic albums that I'm going to nominate. <laughs> but ultimately, we decided, again, with our overlap, we think The Loves of Your Life by Hamilton Lighthouser is the pick of the year. And this really does warm my heart because that was one of the very few concerts I got to see this mm-hmm. year on January 15th, I believe. And it was one of the most special nights of my whole life, uh, not just 2020. So I feel very grateful to have had such a bright spot in a pretty dark year. Mm-hmm. But that was a little deep. So now I'm going to switch it back to you, Micah. <laughs> um, if you want to tell me about your top podcasts of the year, and you cannot say different things can be sad. I'm very sorry, but there's a no vote for your Unfortunately. Um. So many good podcasts this year. Podcasts, very important to me this year. Mm-hmm. But three that all started this year. Um, the first is Staying In with Emily and Kumail, which is a quarantine podcast um, with married couple em- Kumail and Emily, who are the writers of one of my favorite movies of all time, The Big Sick. Um, they talk all about dealing with the global pandemic and... Um, Emily's a former therapist, and so she has lots of advice, and it's very much was a bright spot in those first months of quarantine to, like, have them every whatever Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Great thing to look forward to. Um, My second pick is Resistance, um, which is a show that investigates the front lines of the Black Lives Matter movement and has been really interesting. They're still releasing podcasts. Um, It's been great because it came out just in November, and so there's, it's ta- it has that step back from the height of the protests in June, and I think if you want to keep the movement in your mind, it's a great way to do that. Um, my final nomination is Nice White Parents. I think this is the podcast I've gotten the most people to listen to by just yammering on about it. Oh, you got me. Um, you got me for sure. And, and there you go. Yeah. So Nice White Parents is a New York Times podcast about the influence of white parents on the New York City public school system, which happens to be one of the most segregated school systems in the country. Um, And that kind of says it all. And it's fantastic. Yeah, that one made my top three as well. I just loved how it looked at so many different angles of Mm -hmm. that um, case or story and how something that maybe we all kind of like know in a sense but don't think is that big a deal is shown to be a really big deal so thoroughly enjoyed that i also really liked maybe baby by Haley naman and Haley is actually a former man repeller writer man repeller definitely would get an honorable mention in my pop culture moments of the year because it had a uh pretty pretty shocking uh end but Haley, a uh, really, really great writer who actually went freelance uh, right before the pandemic. I think her like first day of freelance life was the day that the city got shut down, so like middle of March. Mm-hmm. And she ended up starting a newsletter called Maybe Baby, and then had like a podcast um, where you could get like some episodes and some editions of the newsletter if you became a paying subscriber. And I think this podcast really hit its stride when she started bringing guests for each episode. And there was just some really, really funny conversations that looked at topics in ways that I hadn't thought about before. Um, Like in particular, she had other former men repeller writer Harling Ross on there, and she had some very interesting Um, thoughts and opinions and her boyfriend Avi is so funny and had um, really really great ideas on things and 
just made me think about things in a really different way. So loved that one. And I also loved Not Without My Sister by Rosemary and Beatrice McCabe. It's a podcast by two Irish sisters who ended up quarantined together in Indiana. And mm. since then, things have changed a little bit. Um, Rosemary has um, moved out and they're still like recording remotely. Um, but it was so fun to listen to because they were talking about their lives like in Ireland and growing up and then the move to the US in this very funny, very Irish way. And they were like bickering like sisters throughout mm-hmm. it. And it just reminded me of, you know, not just me and my sister, but me and my extended family and um, any of our experiences and the way we all interact with each other. So that has been a really, really fun podcast to listen to throughout the year. But I believe you might gonna know which one will be our ultimate podcast of 2020. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going with our overlap and choosing nice white parents, um, which listen to it. Oh, wait. it'll change how you think about school. It's great. It's so so great. So for our roundup New Year's episode, we decided to round up kind of key important moments in politics and pop culture. They really stood out to us this year and um, have organized them into before times, the corona times, and then a truly section. So we'll see what that means. Um, This year, I think, has been so much has happened. Obviously, like, I think in politics, we've all had to confront how deeply politics affects our everyday lives. I think it was really easy to kind of forget that um before the pandemic but the pandemic has really and other events have really showed us that like politics truly do matter and like whether you can go to the grocery store um and one i think reoccurring theme in politics that we've seen a lot this year is protests when people take the fact that the government has a huge impact on their lives and they take that into their hands and they ask the government to do better um so that being said, I've chosen three protests out of the many, many, many that happened this year um, to talk about. So first, our Before Times protest is the Wet'suwet'en protest in Canada. We have uh, our March episode is about the protests, and our July episode has a little update about them. But for those who don't remember, um, these were protests that were happening in Canada over the construction of the coastal gas link pipeline um, and it had huge cross-national support. This was on the like path to being the biggest news story in Canadian like in 2020 Canada um, because they like stopped trains from going like this was big stuff and then obviously pandemic happened. If you want to learn more details of that you can go listen to those episodes but one of the reasons why I chose specifically these protests was because I think it um, sparked kind of a major um, uptick in Indigenous activism in Canada. Maybe this is like a little bit of bias on my own in that like I've been paying more attention to it, but it seems like there has been much more active protesting. So other examples include 1492 Land Back Lane, which is in Ontario, and it's the Six Nations um, trying to stop development on their territory. So it's right beside their reserve. And obviously, like, reserves don't, aren't indicative of, like, ancestral territory. So they say that they shouldn't be developing land right beside it. 
Um, the other big one, which was maybe even bigger than that, was the Micmac conflicts over lobster fishing. Um, these actually got quite violent. There were um, guns brought out and buses and campsites caught on fire. Um, the One of the, the sweetest conclusions to this, though, were that the Micmac band actually bought part of the company for which these fishermen work. Um, so now they're their bosses. Oh, that's interesting. This is, oh, yeah. It's been insane. Um, and very interesting to see kind of how Canadians understand, like, Indigenous rights to their land. Um, so, yes, lots of, that's, the what's wet and were before times and these other two were during the corona times, but... Those are that's definitely my standout um, and my big Canadian thing. Um, during Corona times, if you have to choose a protest, how can you not choose the Black Lives Matter movement? Like this was a defining moment of 2020. I have been seeing on Twitter that certain, I think specifically CNN, called George Floyd himself a cultural moment, and I really want to emphasize that like this isn't he's not a cultural moment, like, he's on our politics list. I do think that, like, we can talk about the cultural impacts of Black Lives Matter. Like, I think, like, we saw it change how we use Instagram in a fundamental way. Like, the Instagram infographic didn't exist before Black Lives Matter in the same way. Um, we can also think about, like, how our reading, watching, and listening throughout this year have been shifted by Black Lives Matter, like we both, I know I over the summer intentionally tried to read much more, many more Black authors. Um, yeah, totally agree. That was something that yeah. I think I've been, th- like, this is embarrassing, but I've been so conscious to read books by women. And mm-hmm. it was when this happened that I evaluated and was like, okay, there's a, there's a huge problem here. So totally agree yeah. on that point. Yeah. So it's definitely had cultural impacts, but first and foremost, these protests were political. Um, And these were the biggest protests in American history. They reached across the nation, but also across borders. Um, And we've seen it fundamentally change certain politics in America. So we've seen prison abolition become much more popular. Um, We've seen the wanting to defund the police stop being a fringe position to being something that, like, is accepted by many more Americans. Um, Though, like, we recently had this Obama debate about defund the police. Um, We've also seen, like, more culturally, but, like, I think this still has a political impact, we've seen sports teams change their names mostly away from anti-Indigenous names. Um, and we've seen statues being removed, and we've seen bands also change their names. So Lady Antebellum is now Lady? Yeah, but they're um, still suing somebody else who yes, has okay. And it was Lady A. Wait, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I, but there's also uh, the Chicks? Yes, the Chicks got rid of Dixie. Um, but yeah, I think... The world will, and we hope, like that American politics won't be the same after Black Lives Matter. And I don't think we could understand this year without it. Um, in my truly section, um, I want to talk about a truly historic protest. Not that these other ones weren't, but this one is kind of insane. And we haven't really been talking about it that much. And if 
we had done a normal episode, I would have talked about this as my December topic. Um, and that's the pro- farmer protests in India. So in um, at the beginning of the, or the end of September, um, the Indian government introduced legislation that would take power away from farmers and give it to corporations and just generally harm the livelihood of farmers. And we've seen kind of this corporations kind of become increasingly powerful in India. Like if you um, think about Monsanto, like they have a huge amount of power about like what kind of rice is grown in India and stuff like that. So um, the Indian government was kind of catering to these companies. And then on November 26th, they had a general strike in India that included 250 million people. So this is one of the biggest labor strikes in human history. That's like more people in the entire United States. It's a little, it's almost everyone in the United States. That's insane. It's like 300 million people. Yeah. It's insane. Um, And so yeah, huge labor strike. Um, We didn't see this talked about a huge amount in um, American Western media. I think partially because everyone was kind of dealing with Trump refusing to concede the election. Um, But yeah, huge i i also think because it's about like labor and not everyone wants to support that um the government has been very intense about disavowing the farmers there's been um and and kind of um questioning their legitimacy but 50 different farmers unions are involved um so it's it's a really big deal the supreme court of india is getting involved and thinking about the constitutionality of the law um but the government and they've asked the government to um hold off on making the law putting the law into place um but the government has refused so this is kind of an ongoing politics story but huge for kind of the future of mass labor organizing wow that is definitely a huge story um one we may have to do a catch-up on in the new year we might have to yeah Yeah. i think that would be a good idea i am going to uh change the tone a little bit and (laughs) move into our top pop culture moments of the year so i have Mm -hmm. followed the same uh before corona and truly fashion of micah's and for my before times pop culture moment i am saying braniston 2020 so again, mm-hmm. this is one we spoke about earlier. It is in our January 2020 episode, which is number 22, Royals and Braniston 2020. And in a nutshell, uh, we spoke about the furore that erupted when former spouses Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were seen looking very cozy together at the SAG Awards. And for me, this is a top moment because... It's so innocent. I cannot believe mm-hmm. we were all so fully <laughs> and completely captivated by Brad Pitt trying to hold Jennifer Aniston's hand. Like, our world has just turn- turned so dark. Like, we were so excited about this. Uh, it really, really shows how far we've come. I think also because everyone seems a little bit sick of the of how unrelatable celebrities are now after the horrific year that we've had. You know, the Imagine video was sort of the crystallization of that. So right Mm -hmm. now, I can't really imagine many people caring about a celebrity relationship 
as much as we did in January. It just, it honestly feels so long ago from whatever vibe we're all collectively in right now. I wouldn't have even said that was this year. Uh, and then finally, because they're at an awards show, like a show with like many, many other people all close together indoors mm-hmm. with masks on and they're touching. I cannot believe it. It feels truly crazy and definitely a relic of, of before times, but one that we really enjoyed musing on back in the day. So if you want to hear our innocent little voices chime in on this topic, you can head <laughs> back to episode 22. For my Corona Times uh, choice, I have gone with the end of Schitt's Creek. Um, We have already spoken about Schitt's Creek this episode, but (laughs) it was just the most beautiful show that finally got the love it deserves. It absolutely swept the Emmys this year, and it seemed like everyone and their dog was finally able to get into it, sadly, as it was ending. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... I think we've definitely spoken about this before, but it is a little bit of a hard show to get into because the concept that Micah relayed earlier is like pretty ridiculous. And the first few episodes are pretty ridiculous. And the characters are all these like Mm -hmm. self-absorbed rich people that are very over the top. And it's not what you normally expect of like a, a sitcom, you know, you normally you're thinking about a relatable paper company in small town Pennsylvania or, you know, people just trying to do their government jobs in Pawnee, Indiana. And <laughs> with this one, there's a town called Schitt's Creek and like apparently rich people live in a motel and wear ridiculous outfits. But it really has so much heart. And that's definitely due to the core four cast members. So Dan and Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara and Annie Murphy. They're just perfect. Um, I think it's just a beautiful, gorgeous, warm, fuzzy show that we all needed in in 2020, and it's Canadian, so mm-hmm. it gets it gets Micah points. It is. That's why it had to be a yeah. a DTCBS pick of the year. Um, and mm-hmm. then finally, I have my truly uh, pick, which is the truly bizarre moment of the year. <laughs> um, I could right now, because it is December, do the Hilaria, Hilaria, I'm not even sure how we're supposed to say that, Baldwin mm-hmm. uh, situation that is unfolding. Yes. But I think that needs a little bit of time to to happen. So hit us up in January. We might have more info on that. But for me, the mm-hmm. truly bizarre story of 2020 pop culture is uh, the Lily James and Dominic West. I'm going to call it an entanglement just to reference another 2020 (laughs) moment. But yeah, so Lily James, who you may know from the new Rebecca, from Mamma Mia 2 Here We Go Again, from that terrible Beatles movie that came out last year. uh, She was rumored to be a factor in the Army Hammer Elizabeth Chambers split and was then pictured in a sort of saucy situation with another married co-star, Dominic West, who ironically enough stars in the affair now i feel like i've made this kind of about lily james but really this is a dominic west thing he was snapped Mm -hmm. stroking her and kissing her neck while they were in italy together like filming something and Hmm. that was pretty crazy everyone was like is this dude not married like he's in a show called the affair so this just feels too crazy that he's going to be pictured (laughs) in like you know this beautiful location kissing a younger woman it just felt very strange um 
But then the really bizarre thing happened, um, and that was when Dominic and his wife did a little appearance for paparazzi, and they, like, stood outside mm-hmm. their home looking all happy together, and then they left a note for the press that said, our marriage is strong and we're very much still together. It was, like, truly insane. Like, it feels like something that would happen in a TV drama, like The Affair. Yes. Like, yeah, like they would orchestrate some strange press appearance where you do something that a normal human wouldn't do. It it Mm-mm. felt like succession. I feel like this would happen in succession. It was fully crazy and I loved it. Um so yeah, that that was definitely a a strange celebrity moment um of 2020. And yeah, that For kind sure. of for me, rounds up the three pop culture moments that I am choosing to say are pretty definitive of the year that we've had. Alrighty, well, I am nearly done with this Moscow Mule, so I guess that means we are nearing the end of the podcast and the year. The whole year! Mm-hmm. Sorry, just taking a very long sip there. There's ice in my mouth now as well. (laughs) Perfect for audio. Yes, I'm going to move into ASMR. I think I really have the um, distinct, perfect, and soothing accent that uh, would work for ASMR. It's not like confusing and annoying in any way. So uh, I'm that could be my 2021 (laughs) hobby. But no, um, now that we've done our cocktails, we're pretty much done our episode. So it's time for us to say goodbye and happy new year. Uh, I think you should follow us, though, on Instagram at DTCBS podcast, because I think we should like post about each of our, our category nominees. What do you reckon, Micah? Yes. Yeah. I, I think we will definitely be doing that there. Yes, we'll do um, little posts about each one. We'll do a little, like, a bit more information about them, linking so you can check them all out. And it'll just be a fun time over there. And we will have some fun memes. I'm sure we'll do some fun, like, end of 2020, this year sucked. Oh, Hopefully yes. 2021 is better memes as well. Yes, there's some good ones out there. Um, if people want to follow your New Year's celebrations, where can they do that, Micah? You can follow me at Micah Han on both Instagram and Twitter. How is Twitter? What's been happening on there lately? Um, I'm really cultured now that I'm like, it's been a time. I could just like ask about it. Yeah, you you need an update about what's happening on Twitter. What's happening with the plebeians Um, on Twitter now that I'm not there? uh, I'm too busy for it. Well, we'll do some screenshots of this on the Instagram because it's so good. Someone the other day did a thread of Schitt's Creek scenes and renaissance art um, or no actually it was just like classic art dan levy liked it it was fabulous people add this to the instagram did you you sent me something kind of, oh you sent me which we will definitely post is yes. um the david sitting in the field from Shit's creek but it as mm-hmm. taylor swift's new album that was yes. very funny I liked that one a lot. Um, but I'm not getting back on there. I'm not getting back on there. You will just find yeah, me it's... on Instagram at Yasmin Lomax. Still haven't changed it to um, Yaz in New York after watching 
Emily in Paris, another 2020 <laughs> moment. Have we ever talked about what our our, na- our Emily in Paris names would be? How you know it's supposed to be like Emily in Paris. You would be Micah in... Oh. Are there any Jakarta? Micah in Jakarta. That's close. That'll do. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I found like a town in or- Alabama or something called like Boaz or something. It was something like that. And I was yeah, like, Boaz. Or- I guess I could do like... Nebraska or Micah something. Micah in Nebraska. That's pretty good. My uh, not a, yeah. personal favorite for myself is Yaz and Alcatraz. Um, which which you're close to, to right now. I am. I am. I'm on, on the west coast and I can sometimes see it. So that's fun. But I don't want to be there. Nice. Um, and also... I'm like, oh, that is for sure Azkaban. Like, that was not a very well discussed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not subtle at all. Not subtle at all. Not at all. JK probably should have been uh, on our both our pop culture and our politics moments of the year. Of just she should have been on our like worst person of 2020 True. list. Yeah. Oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. Okay, before we get too upset about JK, I think we should <laughs> give everyone a little wave off. Thank you for listening this whole year, or even mm-hmm. if you just tuned in right now. We know you'll be a loyal listener in 2021, so thank you in advance. Yes. We will see you all then. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.